I'm gonna let Bruce take us home. It's time for Verbal Tap. The show that proves fighting is really just a wealth easier from outside of the cage. I am your host, Kevin. With me, of course, Rafa Sparza. Rafa, you were at the Pan Am's 2014 competition this weekend. How are you doing this evening? Uh, I'm great. Also, top of the morning to you. (laughs) Thank you. I tried to switch you up with the uh, back and forth on the... yeah. Yeah, Happy no, St. Patrick's Day, which is yep. what Raf is so cleverly alluding to. We are both drinking. That's important yep. to note. Yep. I'm personally drinking a little bit of Kansas whiskey with actually I'm drinking a redneck Manhattan. Please ask me what that is. No. Okay. It's Kansas whiskey with moonshine soaked cherries. I just took a big scoop, threw it in there. Let it dance, and this is getting the party started. Good for so you. that's where I'm at. <laughs> I know. How was Pans? Okay, Pans was great. Pans is uh, – this is my first time ever going to Pans, so my brain didn't comprehend everything that's happening one time. And I've been <laughs> to different tournaments where there are multiple mats happening, but this is insane because you can feel the different – um gym or affiliations that are around you at any given time so cool. so you can never say things like man i hope that person loses because you're probably sitting next to whoever <laughs> you might be sitting next to one of their black belt trainers yeah that's correct yeah uh also when you are walking into pans quickest way to feel out of shape yeah no shit i walked in and i saw everybody there and i go what happened to the art of small people conquering over big people? This is terrible. These people are too big. <laughs> Why is everyone a giant? That person weighs yeah. 125? No way. <laughs> Why are they 6'3"? I'm confused. Yeah. yeah. It was a great cavalcade of seeing some of your favorite people. Um, I ran into a whole bunch of people, so that was a lot of fun. I went with What's John Evans. your – oh, the yep. beautiful and daring John Evans from BJJBreakdown.com. He's not, but I'm trying to help him out, and I sure. think people would like him more if he were daring. Well, so Jevin says hello to you as well. <laughs> I'm sure he does. No, I'm jealous. At least you, you got to watch it with someone like John Evans, so that's always helpful with like, uh, hey, John, why the fuck's he holding onto his knee right now? Can you – do you by yes. chance have a um, – well, what's also, that position? Yeah. And John's always happy to tell you those things, and – if I really want to commit to it, I can say, can you show me that later? And John goes, sure. <laughs> so that's always fun. as his as his shapely hair bounces with that one happy bounce. Tell me what was your happiest moment. You're hanging out at Pan Am's. You're seeing all these guys compete. You're kind of just walking around um, doing some some video work. What do you what's a moment that stands out to you? So John and I are trying to find a good front view because uh, all of the, the prime uh, filming areas are really in this Irvine uh, place that everybody is at the, the competitions at uh, the way to film is really bad. If you're actually a couple rows back. So we want to get up in front as best we can. So we happen to get up in uh, front row and we get some like 
nice people who are sitting next to us. And I leave and come back, and John just goes, oh, hey, Raph, have you met Kit? And I was like, what? And then to my right is Kit Dale. And Big I go, ass I... beard and all, just hanging out. And I just go, I have not met him. Hi, Kit, how are you doing? <laughs> What's and going like, on? The smallest voice in an extremely loud fucking auditorium. You hear Kit Dale in his Australian accent being like, I'm good, how you doing, Nate? <laughs> I, I, I'm great. He and... takes a long drag off his cigarette, <laughs> throws back his shadow whiskey, and says, Raph, let me tell you about good times. Right. So he looks at the back of my T-shirt, and if you guys haven't seen the back of the Verbal Tap T-shirt, there is a, a saying that Kevin very, 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 uh, very well put together, which was uh, VerbalTap.com, or VerbalTapCast.com. It means it more be- if you make them say it. And Kit taps me on the shoulder and just goes, hey, I like that. That's a really good saying. Yes. And I was like, what? That's awesome. It's about validated. Time. Yeah, because yeah, you and I thought it was super clever. And then people were like, what do you mean? It's like, oh, well, fuck. It's like, what's That's... the name of our podcast, you dicks? Come on. Yeah, think about it. it's a thing. Come on. You know, the only, it's just Bruce Buffer. He says verbal submission. It's not our fault. Ugh. So <laughs> we we had good fun with that and actually getting to sit and watch some of the matches with him. I won't reveal yeah, no what I... game they play. Uh, because I think it's kind of crazy. Um, But they do play a game with some of the matches for, you know, some of the the matches you see that you may not know somebody in. So So uh, getting to to, to (laughs) the shit with them was a lot of fun. And uh, hearing some of the stories from the Kaltera guys. And it was funny because I told them we had just interviewed Samir, and they're like, oh, my God, and they told us stuff. And I was like, yes. Tell us all of the information. So that was a blast. Of course, some of the matches were great. Um, I saw Andre Galvo competing. I saw a little bit of Keenan competing. Of yeah. Oh, those people. You know who they are. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so that was a lot of fun. That's awesome. I'm really jealous. I've been watching every match that's come out so far. I got to say, I got to see Galvo versus DJ Jackson. I saw a Dota line match. Uh, just some really good. Look, it just looked like fired up talent it looked like everyone was just there and it's like that first big tournament of the spring uh you know spring for some people where you were it's a lot of fun and i do need to end on this note on this discussion of pans i think it came down to five out of nine of the finals in the divisions were settled by gentlemen's agreements yeah i did see that that kind of sucks doesn't it it's not great they got to figure out kind of an answer to that. They definitely do because we can't just have six huge black belt professional rounds where we don't see a champ. That's not. And okay. it's terrible for us because I didn't think about it until the next day, and I wasn't even there for finals day. But I didn't think about it until I realized: what if you paid for that, or you paid for the stream? How no pissed lie. are you? Wildly pissed. I actually thought about this too, and. I still don't a thousand percent. I mean, I guess I both understand it and don't. I definitely understand that, you know, you want to have the matches. Well, yeah. Well, we the gotta... closed it out. That was and pretty cool. You can understand. Yeah, yeah. probably not a good Blood idea. Blood-related. Absolutely. I okay. I've seen, the, I've seen the movie where the brothers fight each other. It doesn't end well. However, <laughs> um... I would say this. 
there there just has to be something that you give the fans uh whether like somebody even went as far as to say you double dq the people who do the gentleman's agreement i don't know that you need to do that but you got to give them something so the one thing i told people while we were there when everybody was complaining about gentlemen's agreements because we saw it at even the lower levels as well and i told people and reassured them that if for whatever reason Kevin and I ended up in a final, and that's a lot of what ifs. Like a lot of what ifs. <laughs> a lot of ba- a lot of things that would have to happen between now and that point. Like but that's a great scenario. A lot of things. Like you'd probably win the lotto before Kevin and I would make it into the final. <laughs> There's a of lot of reasons, yeah. But I said if you saw the two of us get in there and they'd come to it and they go, Are you guys gonna do a gentleman's agreement? We would be like, fuck <laughs> no. what? What does that mean? You mean, are we going to drink before we fight? Yes, we are. Bring a drink over, good sir, and let's get this thing started. It's a drink, and it's a shot, and one of us flips a coin and has a hand tied behind our back. (laughs) That's right. We have a whole thing worked out. And then it's a real thing. (laughs) Yeah, and tell me people aren't going to be watching that. When yeah, uh, the two guys, the two crazy guys over in the corner mat are taking shots, and one of them's got their goddamn arm tied behind their back. We won't, we won't count it on the professional record. What, what the fuck are they doing? I don't get it. So I told people that, and they were like, "You guys are geniuses. You have to do this." And I was we like, know. "Well, a, we know, and b, it'll never happen. <laughs> never so, gonna happen." I'm very sorry. Yeah, but so, we we like to be prepared. I, I thought. I thought it was a good position for the podcast to make sure that everybody knew that's where we stood on it. So, yeah. Hey, UFC 171 is in the books. Johnny Hendricks is... Congratulations. ...the welterweight champion. How do you feel about it? Do you feel satisfied? Do you feel like you got your money's worth? What do you feel like? Okay, let's do this. I thought... I didn't really care who won this fight, to be perfectly honest. But... Two rounds in, you look at it, you see Johnny, and you go, oh, he's going to get his due. Absolutely. He's going to be that that guy who actually gets the championship. Round three. Oh, shit. Is Lawler in this? Fuck. I thought Lawler was also going to knock him out in round three. Like, I thought that was going to be it. Then, when he survives in round three, you go, oh, we've got a fight here. I don't think somebody's getting knocked out. This is going to be a slugfest. And between these two, even if their form is gone, they're injured, a number of things that we don't know in this whole scenario, they're going to be giving it all. They're all. And they were. And, and you can appreciate Absolutely. that when you, you see a fight because their form went out the window. <laughs> Literally, you and I must have had the same reaction because after the third round finished, I was like, well, this is obviously going five rounds. Yeah. That so, was just my instant reaction. But in round four, there was definitely a real moment of, oh, shit, is Robbie Lawler going to be champion? <laughs> well, and, yeah. Something great happened between that time, <laughs> between rounds three and four. Can you tell me what, what happened? So it's a really funny moment in the entire broadcast, one of the only funny moments in the entire broadcast Johnny Hendricks, corner man, for no apparent reason, just says to Johnny, he goes, whisper in my ear what's wrong. And he yells it. And he just, that's the last thing you hear. And then Johnny just kind of turns in and they just like have this really quiet conversation. 
But Joe Rogan and Goldberg were like, um, you know, we're the only ones that could hear him, and we promise we won't go over and tell Lawler's Corner what you're saying in the meantime. And it was just this really funny, like, oh, yeah, why the fuck would he need to whisper? Is somebody listening and, like, transporting details? But Kevin, 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 do me, do me yeah, a favor. Yeah. Just promise to whisper hey, whatever's hey, going on. Uh, Ref, ref. Yeah. My fucking ankle is killing me. And that Shh. dick thing I told you about last week, yeah. still there. Still there, Shh. dude. Don't tell I'm everybody. trying not to freak Your out, but I am freaking so out. Right now. How am down. I supposed to focus on this fight? My girlfriend is going to know. This is oh not Oh my okay. god, Joe Rogan totally heard you right oh, now. Oh, Joe Rogan's the one that gave it to me. I don't I can't <laughs> tell you more. I can't tell you more, but that's why we cannot talk about this out loud. That I fucking hope that's what it was. That was I guarantee awesome. you that's exactly what it was. <laughs> that's obviously what it was. So I thought this was a good fight. I thought they were just yeah. punching each other out. I thought that was yep. fun, but it did lack some technique. It did lack the technique, but it, I always go if the the fighters are putting their heart into it you're getting your money's worth. And they really were. Even if they looked like the result of a bar closing at 3 a.m. and two people not <laughs> wanting to go home, that's fine, too. In, in Miami, just based in, on their apparel. That's right, in Miami. Now, <laughs> we need to transition to maybe... There are moments on the podcast that, you know, we have a good time and we have a lot of jokes about. But this required me to actually call kevin i was crushed i could not in good faith just text you the result of uh tyron woodley and condit and kevin for whatever reason was not able to see the fights and i i was watching live. them live I, I watched them the next day but i did not yeah. see them live and i could have texted him about carlos condit's injury I appreciated hearing it from a friend. And let me say this. I was avoiding Twitter just because I didn't want to know either way. Mm -hmm. um, but I had a bad feeling, and your phone call was very helpful. Raf called me. He was like, here's, um, you know, here's what happened. And <laughs> it's just crushing. You know, you, you see a guy that you just respect and you love his game. You hope he's okay. Yeah. That's first and foremost. So, obviously, we're talking about Carlos Condit and the tremendous knee injury he suffered yeah. at the hands of at the hands and of Tyron Woodley and credit Kevin, to Tyron Woodley. You're a grown adult in yeah. some ways, but you're a grown adult in that you that cries? can accept yep. a win or a loss, but an injury is devastating to a fighter that you really appreciate. An injury hurt, you know, he's yeah. just, uh, he's got a lot going on. He's got small children. So you just hope he gets back on his knee as much as he can. Oh, I'm so sorry. I forgot. There was something important about this. So you know how after Woodley was talking about how his picking on Condit's injury shouldn't really matter? Like it's still a win? Yeah. Okay. You would assume if Woodley beats Condit, he goes really high up in the rankings, right? Yes, I would. Okay. Do you think he would be positioned above Carlos Condit? Uh, no, I would not. Well, then you would happen to agree with the UFC, which tells me this fight needed to happen <laughs> for zero reason. Yeah, well, let's not even get ahead of ourselves about who should have been fighting in the card. I mean, that's – I've had trouble getting up for this card from the standpoint because of the statement they made about their rankings in this fight. And this is why you don't make that statement. This is why you don't have it be 
Lawler because you think the ratings are going to be higher for Hendricks Condit. Injuries happen in this sport. Injuries happen for a reason, and that's why the number one and the number two fighters should have fought. I hear you out. I hear what you're saying. But they just did a survey, and I think some MMA show, let's just say ESPN or Fox, right? Okay. And the survey was, who do you think should fight Johnny Hendricks next? Now, Kevin, who do you think should fight him next? Honestly, I think it should be Woodley. (laughs) I mean, that's... Okay. Do you know who had the most percentage of vote? Who? Nick Diaz. Holy fucking shit. Why, Why not just make a GSP? Uh, you know, I'd like to see Matt Hughes fight him if we're looking for retired fighters. But Nick, this weekend, put it out there in the media spectrum that he's ready and willing to be unretired oh, and come back in. God. And he'd love to get a shot at Johnny Hendricks. I'm sure he would. Especially after he got two losses in a row. So we are now in this weird One of them to Carlos of- Condit, by the way. That is correct. Well, he was a bitch the whole time about it. Let's not forget. <laughs> Let's not forget why Carlos won the fight. That. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's a strange world in this post Chael Sonnen UFC world where you can have a losing record and yet still be aghast that you aren't in the conversation. And here's the thing. People want to see it. Yeah, that's the thing. And frankly, you know up, what? Right? You want to put Nick Diaz versus Johnny Hendricks? I mean, you might as well with what you've done to the ranking system. Like, why not? Why wouldn't you? That's the yep. fight they wanted. Yep. Well, I I mean, you know, as I'm talking about it, it's like, yeah, I'd watch that fight. <laughs> and it's true. Um, let's do this Diego, very quickly. Diego Sanchez versus uh, Miles Yuri. Do you know what happened in this fight? The Miles Yuri Diego Sanchez fight? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Miles Yuri just kind of beat Diego the hell out said of he lost. No, I did not hear the after the press conference. Uh, he was crediting it to a quail egg that he ate that was bad. I Actually, okay, I did hear a little something about food poisoning. Hey, if that's true, just keep it to yourself and hope the doctors leak it. In fact, pay one of the doctors to leak it, because if you say it, it just doesn't work. Was it extra bonus points for a more obscure... Bird, I do think he gets. Really did yeah, somebody was like, "Let's be more specific. Don't just say any any egg. Use quail egg." They were probably no. going around. They're like, "Was it an eagle egg?" No, <laughs> goddamn America. That you can't do that. That's illegal. You can't do that. And did you see though that Diego Sanchez also had a rage captain? He should. Yes, of he was getting smacked in the face repeatedly before the fight by someone saying, "Let's go." Yes, I'm. You know. Maybe that's I not the say, best thing. Maybe yes. that opened up one of those eyes. Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 Jake that's, Shields loses via decision to Hector Lombard. Yeah, why not? I mean, whatever. It, Lombard's judo of just throwing him was impressive. It was also kind of weird to see him not do a whole bunch from that. Yeah, I agree. It just kind of – it was a really – it was a very Jake Shields fight, mm-hmm. which is to say he controlled the pace entirely. He got beat up a little bit by a more athletic opponent, and, well, that's all there is to say about it. Yep. Ovint St. Pre submits Nikita Krylov. Yep. What did we learn from this, Kevin? That he's probably going to get submission of the night. <laughs> well, there is no more submission of the night, remember? Oh, that's a fuck. 
But he did get a performance of the night, so let's And let's we cool. never vote against someone with a palm tree tattooed on their right pectoral. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You don't do that. But, Kevin, the real thing that we learn is if you have a guillotine and somebody establishes that they have side control, eh, maybe a good time to let it go. You know, good call. I maybe. Agree. Especially a person who has the ability to put the shoulder pressure of a monster truck on your neck. <laughs> And somebody that's probably been training in just some basic counter maneuvers. It's just an idea. We're just throwing it out there. Hey, Kelvin Gastelum needs to get bumped up to the main card. Am I the only one still screaming this? I guess. I didn't see this fight. I heard there was a weird uh, judging fluke of giving Kevin Gastelum 30-27. Here's where we're going to stop. Because, Kevin, we're not going to cover the fucking Fox Sports 2 fights. Okay. Do you know why? Why? Because they were on goddamn Fox Sports 2, and I don't get that channel. <laughs> no one gets and Fox Sports 2. I'm furious that I have Fight Pass, and I don't get all of the prelims. That's I don't ridiculous, by the way. where the fuck my money's going from. That is great. ridiculous. I do get four Fight Pass fights. That's great. And I understand they have a deal with Fox. But at the very least, you can give them to me the next day. Instead, do you know what you get? You get a sign on the fucking website that says, due to rights ownership, we're douchebags and we're not going to give you this fight. I mean, that's – I'm paraphrasing, but that's essentially what it's saying. <laughs> I think you're paraphrasing in a beautiful way. Thank you. That's ridiculous. And so just skip all of those fucking fights. We're sorry to all God. of those fighters. We would love to see your fights and talk about them. But fuck it. If I can't see them on my TV – I can't talk about them. No one has Fox Sports 2, by the way, just so we're all clear. We all um, have to go to a bar for yeah. Fox Sports 2. Hopefully, and not just any bar, not even just a UFC yep. bar. Like, it's got to be a special UFC bar. Main mm-hmm. thing that happened on the undercard, our, our, our good friend Bubba McDaniel got defeated via submission. Yep. Part of the rough night for the Jackson crew. But we know Bubba, and we know how hard his head is. He will be back bigger and stronger. We love you, Bubbasaurus Rex. That is correct. We, you know, we are ride or die with Bubba. We are. We don't give a shit. He is family on this podcast, so we know he'll come back better. Absolutely. That's going to do it for UFC 171 from my perspective. Really good main card, the Condit-Woodley fight. You know, I think we were at the start of what was going to be a great fight. Just, you know, injuries happen. And uh, obviously, I again, Woodley, I still think gets credit for pushing the action. And you know, Do you think Carlos would have won that fight? I really don't know. Um, I thought he was losing. I certainly thought he was losing the exchanges and the athleticism, though... That said, I think the big thing that Condit always does is that first round and that first round and a half are slow, and then he picks up. That's He's always just wildly athletic in those middle rounds. That's what he did against GSP. Same with Hendricks, so it's hard to say. Interesting. That's my Homer skill. My, obviously, Condit's still one of my favorites, so uh, <laughs> that's me being like, nah, I see him winning the fight. <laughs> of course, of course, deadly. he's the best ever. Made, uh, no matter what. Big asterisk so, next to this that. divisional championship, though, and I think we're ready for a welterweight matchup follow-up. Uh, speaking of ready for stuff, are we ready to find out who won 
over under Kevin. UFC yeah, let's bring on uh, Karis the Carper, Carshall. Excuse the me, Carshall, the Carshall, <laughs> the Carshall. <laughs> All right, guys. So here's the thing. We last week had Kevin taking on Carshall, which was Marshall Carper <laughs> and his lovely wife, uh, Karis, uh, in an installment of Over Under Kevin, UFC 171. So and welcome Raph. back to the podcast. Hold on. Shut up. Be a okay. good host first. Say hello to them. Hey, what's up, Carshall? Hi. How's it going? And we just confirmed off air, but no one's ever called you that before, right? This is a first. Yes, okay. Hate my well, name being first. <laughs> well, tell your friends and family. Well, like Martius, like that didn't really. <laughs> it was like a Markar situation. Anyway, tell your relatives and family they're welcome and that they can use it, and uh, I'm cool with it. So, and all money used from that phrasing has to go back to directly verbal tap cast. Absolutely, obviously, they're, I'm going to charge them a copyright, but otherwise, they're welcome to use it for like T-shirts. TMZ and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Carshall's at it again. <laughs> hey, yeah. and, and speaking of, I'm going to go ahead and direct this over to Marshall. Marshall, do me a favor. Can you raise your hand over your head real quick? <laughs> All right. Okay. Now, are you able to stand up and move up and down anymore? Yes. <laughs> Even no. without someone attached to your back in the crucifix position? Uh, uh, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Like, hey, I well, was hoping he would actually just do it. <laughs> yeah. He he it. This is great. It makes great for an audio podcast. If we can get the guests to do things Genius. people can't see. Uh, I saw a snippet of what you've been working on, Marshall, and I loved it. The Ezekiel finish in gift form. That's great. Yeah, yeah, so just to catch everybody up, um, Matt Kirtley, uh, better known as uh, Aesopian, yeah. uh, he wrote a long-time blog, he's uh, doing the first instructional book for Artichoke Media. He was in town, uh, I say in town in Pittsburgh, where I live and train, and we spent 18 hours filming crucifix material, and I was the dummy for all of it. It was uh, <laughs> it was absolutely miserable. It was the worst thing I've ever done in my life. Um, but we got a lot of great footage, so it was, yeah. uh, it'll be worth it. What are you thinking at, at hour 12? Because I'm pretty sure you figure it's got to be close to the end, but maybe you're not close. So what's going through your brain at about that point during that filming? So, like, the more you film, the like the more kind of, like, slap-happy, delirious you get. Because you're, you're, you're under the lights and everything's bright and you're just – you just keep going through the material and keep going through the material and you keep centering yourself. Oh, get back. And then, oh, that was wrong. Get choked again. Like you start kind of like really losing your sense of uh, of reality, and then you just start thinking about alcohol. Um, <laughs> be, <laughs> to, have, <laughs> to have a nice big glass of something very soon. Uh, it, and this it, is this is an important follow up question, uh, Karis. Have you taken advantage of the fact that he's so weak right now? Oh heck yeah! <laughs> She's like, I beat this shit out of him like an hour ago. <laughs> I don't need to be like tired and beat up for her to beat me up. That's, that's, that's <laughs> not regular. So he's been pronouncing a word this certain way that's been bothering me for a fucking month. So I decked him. Yeah, it's felt amazing. We can hear it, Karis. We can read between the lines. Don't we worry. Can. Hey, Raph. 
laughter. So you can see it on his uh, Facebook. All the best friends taking me to dinner. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> well, guys, we do have some results to get to. I'm so excited. Uh, and I just want to make this clear to everybody listening to the podcast. Uh, and I'm going to ask you guys again. You have no idea who won, right? All of you? No, no, no we, we have no idea. So after Matt and I wrapped at like 10 o'clock that night, Saturday night, and we just went back to my house. We watched Star Trek and then fell asleep. That That's how cool we are. Oh, so uh, I have no worst. idea. That's I'm going to go ahead and we won. Okay. That's an interesting standpoint, Kevin. What do you think? I mean, I try not to as much as possible. But I don't know because I changed some of my picks on the fly. I really – I obviously I assume I won. Okay. Um, okay. But that's just because I was picking against two women. Oh. <sighs> well, now that the LGBT is going to be coming after us, let me go ahead and tell you guys. No, I was promoting it. Right? I wasn't judging that it was a bad thing. I was just saying. Sorry, go ahead. Your tone said something different. I will tell you guys, <clears throat> the winning pick had nine picks that were correct. The losing pick had six just to put things in perspective, that was 9 out of 12, so that's a 75% accuracy. And it actually goes to our guests, Marshall and oh, Karis. Congratulations, <laughs> First Marshall. First of all, there are 13 fights. No fucking way they won. <laughs> Who are you calling for a recount? I see you're fine with the results, as are, my friend. This is bullshit. Are you sure? Right, it's thirteen. No, it actually is thirteen. Oh, but hello. Here's the thing: if you do it at twelve, it's a nice round number. Otherwise, you get a fucking like hanging, fucking <laughs> thing. So I gave you both a wash because you both got one wrong. So anyway, whatever. God. The moral of the story is: damn it. <clears throat> this marks your the of the story <laughs> consistent losing streak. I have uh, a lot of mail to catch up on this week. Do our victors have any words to the loser? Well, you would you want to you want to go for that, Karen? Yeah. I I'm, I'm going to be gracious in my victory and say, "Well played, Kevin. That was uh, that was a lot of fun." No. I... <laughs> oh, they're adorable. Man, I hope that they adorably practice that before we even call them. <laughs> that was awesome, Kevin. Do you have any words to say to the people who are superior? Oh, go fuck yourselves. One time, <laughs> I want to win this goddamn game. It's starting. The frustration's real. It is People real. are thinking Kevin's voice sounds strained. What a good actor. Let me dispel those rumors. I cannot and act in any form. I am genuinely hurt because I thought I had a good feel for this card. I was like, I'm set. This is going to be easy. Oh, my God. He brought his wife on. Shocking. Well, Kevin, now that you've brought that oh. up, I was going to say at least you got 50% right. But then you reminded me that there were 13 fights. So you actually have under 50%. You're more at about like 43. Well, I'm glad I could help. It's true. Ah, oh, damn it. Hey, What's that? Karis. That's uh, next yes. time we play this game, I might need to call you. Because um, well, if I uh, lose for a seventh straight time, I mean, we, I, don't we have to rename the game? Kevin, like, you don't know, we just have to call it Beating that. Kevin? Because uh, I do need to bring up an important fact. I thought, because it was so nice that Marshall surprised me. I thought it was important to go ahead and surprise him and Karis. Okay. 
I, I don't like this. I don't care. I, I'm actually more entertained, and it makes me stronger in, in knowing that. But um, what would I say if there was one of you who was more accurate than the other? Now, you acted as a team, but one of you was more accurate in the person who was voicing the results. Would you like to know who that is? And also, is there a side wager? So, are you trying to tamper with our marriage here? Because I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm getting that sense. Oh, I think it's I, the only well, way I'm... this comes out fair, Marshall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, clearly, clearly. I think that he's just confirming the obvious, like the superior being here. Oh, Karis assumes she won. She won. So it's... <laughs> <laughs> She's... So, so Karis, is there something you would like from Marshall if, <laughs> if you did get more right than him? I'm never doing this show again. This is terrible. Oh, Thank man. God. I, I'll have to think on that. Okay. Okay, that's fine. Uh, Marshall, do you have a, a, a side bet for her? No, I just, I, just, uh, I just want her mercy if I lose. That, that's my only... Uh... <laughs> That's that's my only thing. I mean, I I have to go to sleep at night with her, and that's, that's okay. That's I hope he wins and goes on a seven minute tangent of what he wants. <laughs> He's just like, oh fuck, yes, killed it, and then just goes screaming for like six minutes about menu items, the lawn, whatever. I will say this: I believe your marriage is stronger than being broken up by verbaltapcast.com. Hard to yeah, believe I'm not was. married, though, isn't it, ladies? <laughs> It would be, wow, it would be such a, a thing when you'd go to divorce and go, well, we were good until we were on a podcast of these two idiots and they ruined everything. Uh, but let me say this. Before I tell you who won between the two of you guys, I do need you to just give me a verbal confirmation that somebody will get some kind of at least prize or bragging rights, if you would. Can I get that out of you guys? Yeah. Yeah. So we'll say uh, whoever wins has to buy the other one dinner. You want to do that one? No, let's that's stupid. She's right. You share a bank account. I mean, we're, we're married here. She's. Do you have any advice, or what? What would you think that he should give me when I win? Okay. Um. Absolutely. Time out. Hold on. I have a good one. So he wins. <laughs> she has to pick a column out of Cosmopolitan magazine and apply it to their relationship for a month. She wins. He has to take a column out of GQ and apply it to his fashion sense for a month. Are we good there? I mean, yeah, but he's pretty good about fashion sense. Okay, well, help me out. Meet me halfway then, Carl. (laughs) (laughs) The Cosmo thing terrifies me. Well, then let's just stick to Cosmo. One of you has to pick an an article out of Cosmo and apply it to the relationship. That's I thought you were going to say like a butt chug or something. No, I'm I, 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 the best way to spin this. Raph, you pick the article out of Cosmo that we have to apply. Oh, oh. talking. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best thing ever. Oh, someone has to also send me a tutu, by the way, apparently. Oh, Sorry, God. I just looked at the notes of the bet. As long as, as, long as you give us uh, your, your can sketch we, of Can GSP. we change our mind? No, and he, we can't do it. And he can uh, film a Christmas video for us telling his family and friends how awesome we are no we can't change the vet well i mean i'm happy to change the vet to that <laughs> um i'll even add a musical element if i, I could don't like that. I want right, to Deal. okay i might call my father like we might do a joint one you know what i'll surprise you we'll and as the deciding factor in this i'll allow this 
<laughs> as the governing body that no one consults. That's right. That's right. As nobody in. asked me for my opinion on that. I'm just, just going to insert it anyway. All right, guys. I'm going to go ahead and keep all of the suspense down to zero now as I reveal that Karis had five correct picks. Out of nine. However, Marshall actually had more. Marshall. Nope, not bullshit. Now, hold on. Here's the more important thing. And this is the one that's really damaging to everybody playing the game. Marshall got all of his picks accurate. What? Yep. Not everyone. Everyone that he voiced was accurate. For fuck it. We'll just call it over under Marshall then. I was in a movie called that once. (laughs) Stop it. <laughs> they can't find that. <laughs> I nobody wants to find it. Thanks though. Googling uh, it now, just so everyone. <laughs> so guys, the thing is, I feel we learned a lot about each other from this game. I feel we learned a lot about your marriage. I re-listened to the podcast from last week, and I will say this: you were so not willing to tell us anything about any of your backstories. So I'm going to press this one more time, Bubba. I'm sorry. Wait, did I mention Marshall's girlfriend named Bubba accidentally? Can you fill us in on that story, yes or no? My girlfriend named Bubba? Remember? Yes. Your ex-girlfriend? So, you go ahead. Her name wasn't actually Bubba. Maybe I gave her Thank God. Oh, okay. So, there's Karis has this trend where anytime an ex-girlfriend's name is mentioned, she either starts applying like prison names to them or she starts working. <laughs> so well, so the next girlfriend name will come and she'll be like woof, 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 woof. And she like she won't stop. That is so you cannot tell the world that. Now listen, if I have ex-girlfriends still listening to my podcast, they have other problems. I was about to say, I was like, this is a unique listenership you think we have. Yeah. <laughs> We are big women, 15 to 29. Trust me. That's our key demo here at well, guys, the MMA podcast. I would like to, on behalf of the podcast, thank you guys for being on the podcast, winning the game, which apparently isn't hard. I'm but, indifferent uh, about your presence, but I'll let Ref thank you. Nonetheless, you guys are, are, are so delightful. We're so happy to have you guys back on. And, uh, you know, we will get Marshall. You'll be back on whenever you're doing something. When, I guess when the book is about, or whenever we get the. ACOPN stuff going up from him. We'll have you back on to talk about it. Yeah, whatever you guys want. This is always a blast. You guys are uh, you guys are really good at what you do. I mean, in the podcasting part. Not like- <laughs> I'm not amused. So I'm not amused by his <laughs> bullshit. I'm done. I'm sold on Martin. Everyone's so nice. I'm not interested. Well, you know what? <laughs> Thank you guys colors. again for coming back to find out. We hope you guys have a great rest of your night. Have Thanks, Carshall. <laughs> Take care, guys. Thanks, Carpers, for ruining my life. I think uh, they're delightful. Yeah, they're fine. Raph, they're nice. Our next guest on the podcast was nice mm-hmm. enough to call in for our 50th episode. Wish us congratulations. He's one of the just the best guys in the UFC. I do have to stop you. Can I just say I was legitimately surprised he called in and didn't give a shit for our 50th episode. He was so nice and sincere. It was, I think he's a sweetheart. He was nice and sincere, just, and uh, I think it was to try and get us off our game. Maybe. He is a master of these types of tactics, but let's just go. It's Tim Kennedy. 
master of the dark arts and the, you know, punch arts, as we ask his teammates. You, let's go talk to Tim Kennedy. Let's do it. Verbal Tap fans, we have back, I mean, one of not just the UFC favorite, obviously a Verbal Tap favorite, but just a fan favorite. And I would argue, if all you had to do to become the champion of the 170-pound division was beat Robbie Lawler, that the man on the phone has already done that. We have Tim Kennedy on the show this evening. Tim, how are you doing, sir? I am great. Couldn't be better. Do you agree with my analysis? I mean, you did beat Robbie Lawler. Put him down. I did. I, I, I beat him a lot more decisively than Johnny Hendricks did. You know, like <laughs> 23 minutes into that fight, I was like, holy crap, Robbie Lawler is about to be the UFC welterweight champion. Yep. Yeah, I thought so too. Yeah, and then he crashed. Yeah. Well, then the takedown <laughs> happened. And once the takedown happened, that was that was all she wrote. Yeah, that round was totally up for grabs, and you know mm-hmm. Johnny Hendricks, to his credit, um, stole. And I won't say stole; um, he captured that round because well, it was up for anybody, and he did the right thing. You can say stole, but I think the the most fascinating part of it is, you know, GSP got criticized for doing the exact same thing. Yeah, no. To Hendricks, yeah. <laughs> so it was kind of funny to see Hendricks being like, "Uh oh, shit! I know where this is. <laughs> That'll work." Yeah. It, it, it was very champion esque of him, you know. Like yep. the, uh, it wasn't the quintessential Johnny Hendricks where, hey, I'm gonna throw <laughs> the meanest overhand left hand I possibly can, you know, and make yeah. sure it hits somebody's chin. Because um, every <laughs> time he did that, he got hit with an uppercut, and he's like, all right, and he keeps different plan. Yeah. Now here's the thing, uh, Tim. We got to ask you this. We are such proponents of uh, Team Jackson over here. Uh, it was a rough night at the office. We saw tweeted out by Jackson on, I guess, their Facebook page. Not even tweeted out, but uh, walk us through this. Why are we going to be okay? Why is Team Jackson's going to be just fine after yesterday? You know, it's it's ebb and flow. You know, like it's uh, it's ascensions, descensions. It's it's pits and valleys with uh, you know peaks and summits. And um, last night was was a valley. Uh, it was a tough night. You know, Bubba got submitted. Diego Sanchez looked like toilet. Apparently he had food poisoning. You know, and Carlos Condit had a, a, a horrific knee injury. You know, like, I pray to God that he's going to be okay, and then he comes yeah. back stronger than ever. But um, this is fighting. That's MMA. And we have, I still believe, the best team in the world, and we have enough guys in the next three months that are all fighting for title contention. Guys, you know, like Travis Brown, you know, like the Bisping and, and myself fight, you know, that puts us both in the race. You know, John Dodson, like nothing changes. We still have a ton of dudes that, that are sitting right there waiting for their chance. Cub Swanson, it's uh, Goyo, Kyle Noak. Like all these guys are, are looking amazing. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a tough sport. It's a hard sport. It's an unpredictable sport. And, uh, but more than anything, it's an unforgiving sport. And, you know, like, we'll, we'll, anything about a good champion, and this is a champion's team, is that you come back stronger from nights like that. Speaking of it being a tough sport, we got the chance to talk to one of your teammates, Frankie Lester, who said, as we were complimenting, we were saying, oh, yeah, you trained with Tim. He was on the show. He's a good guy. Frankie kind of went quiet and just was like, 
Tim picks on me. Like he, he Tim beats Kennedy's the hell a bully. Yeah, he called you a bully on air. We have to ask: Do you just do you purposefully do it? Do you go out of your way to beat the hell out of Frankie Lester? Not at all. I have no idea what happens <laughs> every time that that we go and we start sparring. Like even on my light sparring day, he'll like hit me with something, and and um, I'd be like, oh. That dickhead just hit me with an uppercut. <laughs> and I hit him with an uppercut. And he's like, that asshole just hit me with an uppercut because I hit him with an uppercut. And then he hits me with a hook. I'm like, all right. And then, then it happens. Um, and then we go from light sparring to regular sparring. And um, so he no, went quiet, the guy. Like he sounded battered. <laughs> <laughs> he sounded genuinely not okay with it. Oh, now now I gotta make up to him, make out with him sometime, and make it up to him. Yeah, uh, no, I love the guy, and uh, I think he's a great dude. He's a very talented fighter, and he's hilarious. But I, I told him just like two weeks ago, he like an example of of how this is not my fault. He like tried to we're, we're light sparring, right? And I leg check him while we're light sparring, and he's kicking hard enough where he breaks his foot. So is th- is this me? Like like was I leg checking hard? No, that's not. He hard. left some of this he out. He left hard. some of these details didn't come through in his original story. Or I think a couple weeks ago. I'm the victim so. here. You're the victim. You're the victim. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, Tim, we wouldn't press upon this, but he wasn't the only person to say that. We've had plenty of people from Jackson's MMA, and they don't necessarily call you a bully. They just say. Woof. Training with that guy. Ugh. Man, I'm like I'm like a pit bull that's that's retarded. Um that just did a line of cocaine that's doing something that he really likes, like playing with a kitten. Um that's what I'm like in the gym. And it's not like I'm trying to be that way. It's just it's sure. just who I am. It's I'm I'm a, I'm a retarded pit bull on cocaine with a kitten. Well, you so, need to trademark all of that. I was going to say, I would buy that T-shirt right now. I'd buy that T-shirt for my family and close friends if it came out. Again, I'm a victim of circumstance. I, this is just <laughs> what, how it is. Which is also terrifying for for Michael Bisping, which um, the last time we talked to you, Tim, was right before Fight for the Troops on November 6th, where in which you just, oh, you beat the hell out of Rafael Nadell very quickly in the first round. What can we expect on the 16th of April as you're fighting Michael Bisping? It sounds like someone you're very familiar with. Man, it's up, it's up to that douchebag. You know, if um if he wants to come and have a good fight, like last night, why was the Robbie Lawler, Lawler Johnny Hendricks fight so good? They exchanged. Why? Toe to toe, too. Right. Two dudes were like, hey, dude, let's tussle. And they tussled. Yeah, no delays. Like, no one was dancing around. It was just, let's stand right together. Yeah. yeah for, for 23 minutes. Um, now, you know, Johnny was like, all right, I'm going to jab and back up for 25 minutes. Would that have been the fight that we that we saw? No. No. It would have been, it would have been an awful fight. Um, that is the potential of what could happen. And no, I'm not the one that jabs and backs up. I don't have that in me. Um no, we know that about you. I'm going to be throwing punches and looking to take him down and smash his- Your fight record precedes you. You're not much of a, a dance-arounder. No, no, I, no I, don't, I, I don't have it. I, I, I move forward at varying degrees of crazy explosion, 
Well, like and, the pit um, bull and the cocaine, the aforementioned. Yeah. It was a really good description. Yeah. I, I don't even know if, a, if, a, if, if they have the ability to move backwards. I, I'm not, I'm not a, like, I love dogs, but I'm, I'm not like a dog breeder, nor do I know pit bulls <laughs> enough to know. But perhaps they can't. Like, they may be physio- like like anatomically, their body doesn't even move that direction. It's possible. That's like me. So, um, really, I'm just going to say, dude, I'm going to show up and I'm going to go crazy for 25 minutes. My conditioning is going to be there. My power is going to be there. And, um, and if Bisbing wants to have like a good night and get fight of the night, then we're going to have a great night. If he wants to squeak by with a horrible 25 minute decision win where he jabs and runs, then he better be fast. It's a terrifying description for Michael Bisping. You're fighting in Canada. Oh, Canada. I like that you've been working (laughs) on their national anthem. Mm -hmm. But Raph and I are nervous about if that hurts you in any way. No, I think it's pretty neutral. Um, You know, we're going to be in Quebec, which is a pretty French district and definitely a French city. Um so it's it's uh not no I don't think it hurts me in any way. So Good. being as American as you are and as patriotic as you are, you don't lose power as we take you into Canada. <clears throat> no, I, I think like a like a good American, the further you take him away from his bacon and his whiskey and his beef <laughs> and his you know and his guns, <laughs> like the more angry he gets. So. Sure. Um, if anything, I'll be growing in strength and power the, the longer I'm away from home. <laughs> Takes away oh, from his guns. <laughs> That's the other. <laughs> you know, we just don't want you to walk in there and start thanking him in a jean jacket and then avoiding confrontation and it get annoying. Um, that's our only fear with Canada. And Bisping's more prepared. He's from England, right? He's a man of the world. Yeah, evidently the only only times that I travel is when I go to kill people. That's what he said this week about me. Um, <laughs> so if that's the case, then he should be weird, worried. I was going to say, was yeah. that an insult? Because that sounds like a yeah. really terrifying description of someone. Yeah. Well, that he he meant it. He's so stupid. You know, it's like <laughs> this nonsensical stuff that comes out of his mouth is like drool from a toddler. And... Um, you know, she was like, yeah, the only time that Tim ever travels is when he shoots people. You know, and I was like, man, that's pretty badass. Yes, that's nearly true. <laughs> you know? uh, that's nearly that's not true. entirely true, but nearly. What's the worst thing that Bisping has said about you, or that he's just said that you were just so like, oh, really? Um, he called me a socialist. That, that was pretty impressive. Um did he I, mention I, I, why I, I, or what was the context? Where so it was like, what do you think Tim Kennedy's political views are? And he said, <laughs> socialist. Does he have a good jab? Yeah, he's a socialist. It's like, well, what? <laughs> no, he, he, he was like, uh, what was the setup? Um, you know, Tim. Oh, Tim's such a hypocrite. You know, he says that he does all these things for liberty and democracy. You know, in truth, you know, he's for fighter unions. So, you know, he's pretty much a socialist. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> oh my god. I'm really glad I know the context of that now too. That that makes sense so much better. Wow. <laughs> oh. Well, it, Kevin, did you have something you wanted to add to that? Uh, 
Yes. So I really think there's a chance for us to spruce up your walkout. Have you considered wearing It's Tough Nations, No One's More American Than Tim Kennedy? Have you considered wearing the Rocky Four shorts? Um, I'm trying to get a pair of Valetudo shorts. The deal with the deal with me wearing um, like boxing shorts or regular MMA shorts, my legs are so big that when I catch, uh, well, like when I go to kick or go to do takedowns, mm-hmm. um, my legs, my thighs, literally catch on my shorts. Um, <laughs> Humble brag. So I have to the... wear like, yeah, I have to wear like 38 size shorts, <laughs> but I have like a 30 inch waist for my legs. It's it's horrific. It's that sounds like the exact um, dimensions of Sylvester Stallone, though. Right, so presumably, just uh, call uh, him, uh, ask for his. Just so you appreciate how on the same page we are, um, if you go to Amazon and you order the Rocky Balboa shorts, and they they're, they're silk, and um, they they have a button fly. I know this because <laughs> I ordered them and I have them, and I tried to make them work. I even took them and had them custom, like cut up the side <laughs> of the leg. Uh, I I just put it like my legs. I tore the crotch and the legs. Um, in in training in like the first week that I had them. I like that. That's how I. Hey, respect once again, Tim Kennedy, a, a step ahead of us. Are you also using the American Revolution in some ways to inspire you to beat the hell out of Bisping? I mean, see, I, I'm a lot of conflict here. You know, I've, I've deployed uh, like six times, seven times. Um, you know, during my military service and. I think maybe half of them I deployed with either um, British, Australian, or Canadian special forces. And so I spent a lot of time with the SAS and different units, um, special forces units um, from Britain. And uh, I have a lot of respect for those guys. They're hardworking, hate terrorists, go freedom type dudes, um, definitely cut from the same stock that I am. And uh, so I just don't think this thing's a good representation of them. You know, he's, he's from Cyprus, and um, you know, I think he has mental issues. So I don't think he's a, a, a good example of a typical, all, you know, like meat-eating, barrel-trusted, freedom-fighting Britain. No lie, especially spending time with the SAS. This is uh, by way of saying we're going to have to have Tim Kennedy on at some point to just tell us cool military stories. Mm. That's uh, (laughs) Tim's like, well, maybe. (laughs) 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 The bad part is like I I have to wait for the like for me to be told which ones I'm allowed to tell. So I tell like the same story pretty often, not because I don't have other stories to tell. Just I'm not allowed to tell. Time out. Please tell me there is a declassified email that they send you that's like, hey, you remember that badass story you've had pent up, not been able to use at the bars, and they shoot at your direction? Like, is there a listserv? Because no, no, like, that would be cool. No, you, you, <laughs> ne- you never get like an, an email being like, all right, you're not allowed to, t- you're now allowed to talk about this. Um, you just, you, 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 over time, other people, like somebody will write a book which me, and about something. And that person had to go to the Department of Defense to get authorization to do it. Nice. That's, so uh, on okay. somebody that, like, for me, I, I could just be like, oh, I was there. I guess I could talk about it now to, <laughs> to a certain extent, you know? 
I don't, but I absolutely believe you and find that really cool. But that only further underlines the need for as these stories get uh, get released and declassified. Before we let you go, Raph, did we have a quick segment to introduce with Tim? Yeah, so, okay, last time we made an unfortunate error when we were playing a game that was inappropriately titled for especially Tim Kennedy. Uh, so this time we thought we'd, we'd play a different game with you. Uh, just shoot a, a rapid series of questions at you. But this time, we'd like to know, uh, first question is, and this dictates if you'll play the game or not, do you enjoy the movie Top Gun? I'm not going to even dignify that question with a response. Perfect. So we're going to play this game called Danger Zone, and we're actually going to take you to there. So are you, are you willing to play this game? Yes. All right. Here's what's going to happen. I'm going to either read you a couple questions, some of which have to do with you, some of which will be follow-ups. But I just need you to give us a very honest response to a couple of these questions, okay? I'm ready. All right. I need you to explain this tweet that you put out. It says, Fight Camp Woes. No motorcycle riding, skydiving, rock climbing, or time for the range. The worst part is the lack of fantastic food. Please explain yourself. Well, at the time, I was inverted, so... I loved it. I loved it. Sorry, I I was... I also... I thought he sounded strangely like Tom Cruise for a second as he said it. That was not the first time he's quoted, I was inverted. It had the arrogance. That's good. All right, next question. All right, so when I was writing that, you know, I told that I had to get... And I had to get carnal knowledge of somebody in the bar, and it had to be a woman this time. So, you know, it was, I was in a very dark place, and I didn't know what to do. By the way, if that's how this segment went, where you just oh, asked please. questions oh, and he God. quoted God. Top Gun, it would be better than I could have ever dreamed of. Just so everyone's aware. I just love the fact that he's going to quote every line from that. I never thought it would have been that cool. With him singing straight up to you, Kevin. Oh. Have you lost I'd retire. That I'd retire. Yep. That'd be the last All thing. Right. <clears throat> Here's a question I do have. And the, the question is why, but the prompt is, we have come to the conclusion at the breakfast table that Winnie the Pooh was more of a honey bear than Yogi Bear. Yeah, so, I mean, have you ever closed your eyes? You know, just, when uh... I kissed your lips? You're like... <laughs> just, that sometimes it doesn't even feel like there's tenderness you know, on your fingertips. And uh, honey's the same way. You know, you try hard not to notice, but eventually, you know. And, uh... <laughs> no. The ladies, are, the ladies of verbal tap are blushing. Like, all six women that listen to this show yep. uh, started to get a little t- carried away there. This is maybe the Again, best back, back. Fight camp woes. You know, like, mm-hmm. you're, you're having a nice tea, and... And you're like, oh, my God, I need a sweetener so bad. I can't have a sweetener because I'm not allowed to have any sweeteners. And you're like, screw it. I'm just going to have a little bit of honey. That honey looks so good. And then somebody brings her the honey, and then the conversation is like, goes down the rabbit hole of, who likes honey more? You know? Winnie the Pooh? Oh, and that's how that happened. Sweet. Down the rabbit hole. I'm glad it was conclusive because when I looked at the tweet, I just go, man, what, what state is Tim in with this? 
And I'm glad to know it's it's one of, of health, but uh, fight camp nonetheless. I have one more for you, Tim, and I really need you to explain this one because okay, it's gonna be it's an it's a, it's a walk, I think. All right, this one is also wide of this question. Trying to hit pads with MMA coach Wink on Fridays is like trying to get on a super hot girls dance card. Yeah, man. Hey, you guys really are cowboys. I mean, seriously, what's your problem? <laughs> huh? Kaczynski? It's just, we feel like you're dangerous, Tim. <laughs> I would like to point out at this Dangerous! Point, that's right, even... that's right, Iceman. I am dangerous. <laughs> the best part is, I bypassed your talking about, I think it was Iceman, and profusing his volleyball skills, because I knew that was the road we'd go down, and yet we still ended up down it anyway. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's tough. You know, in your defense, anytime that you're in a make 28 and you're doing four G's and a negative dive, it's, it's really hard to, to keep your mind straight, you know, so I'm not going to hold that against you. Please, thank you. You're welcome. Um, yeah, so Fridays, we have uh, Coach Winkle John comes in at like 9 in the morning and see Andrew Craig, Cub Swanson, Travis, John, Holly Holmes, and myself. We're all there at the same time trying to get to him to hold pads for us. <laughs> so he's a popular fella. <laughs> no shit, especially yeah. on a, well, on a busy night, well, too. Well, you guys are pretty damn good, so it's hard to argue with their methods. Tim fights April 16th. He's going to be beating the holy hell out of Michael Bisping, who will either be toe-to-toe or running away um but if i had to guess he's not gonna want much of the uh, charging tim kennedy tim we have always been a fan of yours we love it when you come by the podcast and those listening know tim is obviously a, a big supporter of the veteran community as well where he spent a lot of time in the military working with veterans outdoors you can find them on the interwebs but there is no shortage of different places around to, to help out some vets. So if you like the way Tim fights, you like what he represents, go down and uh, get involved. So Tim, we once again would just like to thank you a ton for coming in, entering the danger zone and uh, taking us on a little ride. It was, it was awesome. Thanks for having me. And uh, if you ever want me to answer those questions seriously without using top gun quotes, I will do my best, but make no promises. Oh, please, no. <laughs> no one's ever exactly asked the way that. I wanted. I no one would say. ever ask you to take away Top Gun out of a segment. <laughs> ever. Yeah, uh, in closing, I just want to leave you guys with a little, with a little uh, food for thought. <laughs> that Iceman was the unsung hero of Top Gun. And before you judge <laughs> me, I realized that he had a horrible haircut. He greased his body in the volleyball scene. Um, he had bad breath. Um, you know... And he freaked out when Viper was up there and Viper told him to take the picture. All that stuff. He was, he was honored right of Top Gun. So first of all, he was a badass pilot to get into Top Gun. True. And then he went to Top Gun and became honor grad. So then he went from being honor grad to being the first one in the dogfight against the Russians. And by the time that Maverick got his head together and got into the dogfight, he had already knocked down a couple of dudes. So Iceman, you know, he could be my wingman anytime. Oh. That's a, that's a happy ending. I'm going to tell you this right now, Tim. If this. I ever get my hand 
on the Top Gun 2 script, I will immediately send it to you. Absolutely. <laughs> I hope so. I hope be a well, strong cameo. I'd mostly need you to fix it because we can't <laughs> let a bad Top Gun 2 ever happen, but they're trying. No. Yep. Well, God bless America and um, watch this thing go sleep April 16th. <laughs> Raph, I know it seems like this podcast probably can't shift into fifth gear and go 150 miles an hour, but it's about to get there. We don't do podcasts in miles per hour, I don't. You're right, but we should think about it sometimes. That does not stop the fact that Grappler Quest founder... (laughs) Brian Simmons is about to come talk to us. Let's we got to cue. This is amazing. Yeah, let's do that. Let's talk let's, to him before he realizes who he's talking to. Great call. It's like with him and Tim, we can just trick him. We can get him on the show. We'll get it recorded before they even know. It's perfect. Perfect plan. Boom. You're do genius. It. Verbal Tap fans, we have a wow. Uh, Raph and I were really excited to have our guest on this evening, Brian Simmons, founder of Grappler's Quest. Brian, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for having me on. We are stoked to talk to you. You have a ton of stuff going on right now. Beasts of the East for it looks like uh, I'm sorry, March 29th. People can head over to New York to see that and livegrappling.com. And I have to tell you, you've been uh, – so Grappler's Quest is like the first tournament that really I got into watching online. And now I kind of can't imagine my life without all that content. Tell us about what livegrappling.com is. Well, livegrappling.com uh, is actually a branch. Uh, we were approved as a YouTube partner to have a monthly subscription channel set it up kind of like the Netflix. It's been nicknamed the Netflix of submission fighting. Um, basically, all 31 of our Grapplers Quest DVDs that we've uh, produced over the last 15 years are going to be uploaded. We have about 15 of them up already. Uh, we have 24 never-seen-before television episodes that are getting uploaded. All of our seminars that we've ever done in full, um, you know, 100% commercial-free. Wait, seminars? It's, it's really I did not yeah, know about the seminars part. <laughs> yeah, Keenan, Keenan Cornelius is already up. Uh, Ryan Hall, Kirk Pellegrino, Tom DeBlass, um, Bill Cooper. You know, we've had, we've had a bunch of seminars that, that we've uh, accumulated, and we're putting them all up there in full, uh, and it's a commercial free. So a lot, of, a lot of school owners are actually, that was one of the biggest complaints that we got uh, for people that were playing our videos. who were like, man, you know, the commercials are killing us. But, you know, in the meantime, you know, we're trying to produce high-definition content, put it into a format to where we can help the sport grow, but also help get the word out there for our sponsors, for upcoming events. It's been a, it's been a long journey of, of learning the ins and outs of YouTube. And we built a, a wonderful following with the Grappler's Quest channel, uh, but now with the LiveGrappling.com channel, which is ultimately the Live Grappling YouTube channel, um, becomes a worldwide pay-per-view format where it's a monthly a monthly fee and then each event that we do throughout the world we broadcast live all the subscribers who are only paying $4.95 a month $4.00 a month are literally going to be able to watch all the events streaming live which is just a huge bonus 
So if you're in Japan and you want to watch, you know, Ruben Asato going against Jeff Glover, for example, in this huge super fight at UFC Fan Expo or something, and you, you know, that person could be a family member or friend, literally could sign up for 14 days free at, at livegrappling.com, watch that, their, you know, their loved one compete all the way across the world live in real time. It's pretty awesome. It's, it's, it's revolutionary to the sport. Uh, the UFC actually just launched their really awesome. I think it's called Fight Pass. Yep. And uh, it's it's like ten bucks a month. So we're coming out of the gate at five bucks a month. And you know, hopefully, uh, to people that are super fans of of grappling throughout the world, and we have like thirty three thousand subscribers with the Grapplers Quest channel. So I'm I'm guessing that um, the crossover, you know, a lot of a lot of the countries. I will add too. I found this out. I didn't know this. Uh, but a lot of countries don't get to see the Grappler's Quest channel. I didn't know that. There's mm-hmm. there's some sort of a country, you know, there's blocks throughout various countries, but the pay-per-view channel gets through all countries, and that was some sort of brokerage deal that, that YouTube worked out. So it's Brian, like countries that never... You're not at all worried about getting me fired when I spend the next four days supposed to be working and I'm watching livegrappling.com. <laughs> Have you built that in? You know, uh, you know, man. I, I think I think the the people that love it, they love it. It's not a. Uh, I think I think you know when you love it so much, you can't get enough of it. So maybe like a warning act- system that okay, just pops up yeah, and no, you watch like you, twelve hours. You, yeah, no. Oh, seriously, if it senses like a boss coming, is there like a tab that it can already <laughs> just go to that it's like Saltair or something like that? It turns into an Excel spreadsheet. Yeah. Oh man, yeah, that would be genius. We got tons of Please ideas. Do. <laughs> And I, I like that you you are mentioning the UFC Fight Pass uh, because uh, I haven't had the chance to use live grappling yet. But this is one very important question: Does it work? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, live, well, okay, that does YouTube. put you one step ahead of UFC. So, congratulations. <laughs> yeah, the Fight Pass has been strong. well. Listen, you know, it, I will say this: Listen, when you're when you're a pioneer in 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 various different realms, and not just saying myself, even you know anybody that's trying technology out for the first time and trying to step out there where no man or woman has gone before it is you are taking a risk you know and people it, i you know i i know you ingest you know and i i laugh at it too because it's funny when you know, i get some things but when you're trying to do things you know um and we want we want it to work man you know it's like we don't you don't ever sit out for anything not to work um but you know sometimes things happen like for example oddly enough uh, livegrappling.com, the feed, we had a feed on February 22nd where it was amazing. We had this awesome tournament planned. Rico Rodriguez, UFC, um, you know, former champion, walks into the school. We're doing a closed-door tournament. He says, hey, Brian, can I sign up for the tournament today? I was sure. <laughs> you know, here, and Rico, yes is the answer, yeah. You know, and that happened, <laughs> and that happened with, like, the live stream running. And meanwhile, we found out that um, it was for some reason blocked throughout. You know, this again. This is young. This is YouTube stuff. This is not like you know YouTube's owned by, by Google. I mean, like they're yeah. they're the best engineers in web development and video casting in the world, and right. they they are having trouble with uh, you know these these various. There's there's a lot of laws going on around, around right now, and they're protecting copyrights and they're. They're tightening up where sometimes they shouldn't, and then loosening up where they shouldn't. You know, it's 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 a wild world out there right now for YouTube and Google. 
but I think they're doing the best they can. And I, for me, you know, I've we were the first people ever in the world to to broadcast any sort of grappling match. In, in, and I go way back. My friend Alex Brites and I, you know, we we recorded. Uh, it was God, the, you guys remember this? I feel old. I think it was in '99. <laughs> it was the Prince of Leglocks, Robert Ferguson versus like Phil Dunlop or something. It was like a 10 minute submission match. And we, I videotaped it. We ran the hard drive up to New York city till we had a P one <laughs> connection and streamed it on the front page of grapplers.com. You know, grapplersquest.com. So like, you know, we've been through, we've been through this for a long time. Um, you know, we did the Gracie Lehman thing way back in 2004, you know, and I know there's been a lot of companies that come on board since, um, I'm hoping that YouTube is the partner that we can use to help. They seem like they recognize, first of all, they recognize the popularity of the grappling through the algorithms that they have in their search mechanisms. So they're like Absolutely. way ahead of Well, yeah. also, here's one they good know. news for you. It doesn't look like they're going anywhere. No, YouTube's so, going to be no, YouTube. no, they're around. Good. They're good. They're That's pretty solid. They're solid companies. <laughs> I think they'll be around for a while. I think that was a, a smart partnership. We kid the UFC, and, and we love them, uh, but we did notice that part of the the interestingness of them putting out their channel was they had to do it because they have to compete with the WWE Network and all these other sports, which have to go into the digital realm. But in your realm, mm. it's kind of a savvy move because I don't see a lot of other grappling tournaments really – making these steps so you're really one of the first people who is getting out there and making like you said if you're already being called the netflix of submission grappling that means you're probably one of the first to get that coined so it is an interesting discussion to find out what those problems are what have been the kind of best things you've learned in remedying some of those problems that have come up though um you know i mean it's just it's working with you're working with like genius engineers who are in a constantly, uh, Google is one of the companies. Like, there's a couple of companies in the world that you look at and you're just like, wow, you're you're interested in sense of technology. You have Google. If you have consumer electronics, you have companies like Samsung. And you're looking out there and you're sitting there going, these are industry leaders. And when you're working with an industry leader on such a close developmental level, you're giving people like I've worked with PayPal on this level. I've worked with now YouTube and now Google as well. You know, the, the companies, they need aggressive entrepreneurs to test their products, to break it, in a sense, and put it out there, because they don't have enough people. You know, I think you have to see, there's maybe like two, I think there was like, there's like 10 pay-per-view, there was like 10 pay-per-view channels or something like that before before we were, it was something ridiculous too low. We were very, one of the first ones to come out of the gate, so... You know, it didn't work, you know, at times, and, and then they kept developing and fixing, and we just constantly are working with good engineers and giving them good feedback. Our users are amazing and participate in our community as well as on our Facebook page, which has been awesome, at grapplingfans.com. So people are super constantly, they're giving us feedback. So if, hey, I'm in Ireland, it doesn't work. Well, it's supposed to work in Ireland. So I go right to, like, <laughs> the head of content and the development for YouTube. I'm like, guys, your stuff's not working in, in Ireland. What are you doing? Fix the what gateway. What the fuck is going on in Arlington? Do you Dana White it and go and scream? You seem more like the professional route. So I assume you're nicer uh, when you scream. Hey, listen, man. You know, I'll tell you this. You know, 
Dana White and I, I think our relationship was probably born on, you know, way, way, way before, but there was one time, I'll give you a perfect example of how, when you need to be on point as a promoter. So the first time the, when um, Dana White and Zufa, they, oh, they bought the UFC, the first event they had in England, I had direct TV at my house, okay? And I'm looking on direct TV and I'm like, I'm looking at the time, I'm, you know, I was big on the, you know, on the internet and keeping track of when fights were, because it was all weird back in the day, like watch a fight at some ridiculous hour, and, and they fixed it obviously now, but, um, you know, when you're a core fight fan, well, I'm looking at the pay-per-view guide, the actual guide, to where, you know, millions of people throughout the world, throughout the United States at least, and, and throughout the world have direct TV, they're sitting there looking at the guide, and it's, they messed it up, they said it was supposed to start an hour later, okay, so like, Everyone or like so everyone would have missed it was, it was like an hour earlier. It was whatever it was, it would have screwed everybody up to where they would have got refunds, which sucks as a as a promoter. So I see this and I'm sitting in my house, I'm at my parents' house, and I'm sitting there going, This isn't right. I'm like, this time doesn't match up. I'm like, is there a prelim? I went online, I checked it, I took a big risk, I took a deep breath, and I was like I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna call Dana. So I called Dana on his cell phone. It rings. He goes, Simmons, this better be important. That that's you know, listen, it better be right. I'm busy, man. Don't call me. I said, you know where I am. So he said, make it quick. I said, Dana, call up DirecTV programming. The time is wrong. I'm telling you, I checked it. Check it out. Get them to fix it. I hung up. He said, thanks, man. Hung up the phone. Mm. 20 minutes later, it was fixed. The guy was fixed. <laughs> so his call was probably like, you know, I mean, man, some guy's got to be. I like what the, the concept of what's called like a boss. That's a cool concept. You can do things to get it done. You know, sometimes. This is the and coolest Dana White story I've ever heard, by the way, by a factor oh, yeah. of five. This <laughs> yeah. is up there. Brian, 21 minutes. I like that, wow. A, you had his number, and I'm actually thankful I don't have his number because I would probably call for, like, probably not the most appropriate reasons. What's your inner monologue like as he's like, Simmons, this better be important. Did you have one hey, where you're like, Simmons, maybe I should this check? this better be fucking important. <laughs> Just well, one I mean, more you know, check. I, have a, I would say I have a really cool, like, we go we go pretty far back. I mean, and then before they bought the UFC, uh, Dana and a couple of his partners and friends and, and, you know, athletic commissioners and stuff used to sit in the crowd at Durango High School in Las Vegas. So... Mm. Um, you know, when they when they launched the, the Ultimate Fighter and nobody knew about it, what they do? They flew out Ken Shamrock to a Grappler's Quest, and they kind of ran like the first little UFC fan expo inside a Grappler's Quest. We were you actually going to ask we, you about that. Is that how the relationship starts with the UFC? Um, I think you know, in reality, I think I, I've been. I was I was like a UFC a super fan as a young man, you know, like I, I kind of had a very strange, you know, I was a martial arts instructor and martial art event promoter. So I didn't have like a normal, even, I mean, even when I did work for companies, I would fly out on like Friday night after like, you know, eight o'clock to like Louisiana and, you know, go to the you know, report ringside next to Bruce Buffer and like report on grapplers.com back in the day. You know, you know, this is like, and there's five internet websites that actually had <laughs> MMA news, you know, this is in the dark ages of 96, 90, 95, 96, 97, 98, you know, and I used to tour around and I used to always end up sitting inside the cage, you know, like right outside the cage. And this is before Dana and Lorenzo purchased the UFC. So 
I just, I, it was, I remember just sitting there and, and being in Louisiana and hearing, you know, I'm a grappling promoter, so ground fighting is like my thing, you know? And, and, and I heard in Louisiana up in there and these guys, I think it was, I think I turned 24, so it was like probably 13, 14 years ago. It was one of the ones, it was, um, the guys hit the ground and people were screaming things you wouldn't even want to, you know, repeat, you know, like terrible things. I'm sitting there going, man, what the hell? Like, they hate grappling. Like, no one like, what's going on? I'm sitting there going like, why do they, why don't these fans know anything about grappling? It didn't make any sense to me. You know, and you realize that that was the moment that it was the lowest point of the UFC. And ironically, it was the day that Lorenzo, I saw Lorenzo and Dana and Frank walk in. I don't know if I think Frank was there, but the two of them for sure were there. And they walked in, they sat right where I was sitting. And and I remember we were sponsoring Jeff Munson that night. He fought, and you know, anyway, so but that was the beginning. Like that's when everything changed because they educated people about the grappling aspect of it. They they partnered with people. They they didn't, you know. We we started the Fight Expo back in God, I think it was two thousand and eight, two thousand and nine, and then and then you know they saw we we draw like we had like four thousand three four thousand people at our show. This is a little private show that I ran with a couple friends, you know, as a, a benefit to, to make something, um, this Make-A-Wish Foundation. And it was greatly successful. The UFC takes to a whole nother level. And, you know, so we're, you know, been working with them for five years. has been amazing. They're awesome company. They're, you know, they take risks. You, know, you got to respect people that take risks. It's a hard industry right now and, and hard times where people are, aren't spending as much at times as they used to and, you know, expenditures and stuff. And you still got companies like the UFC that are still pushing forward and still trying to grow throughout the world and bringing us the sport that we love, you know, and taking us all along for the ride in a sense. So it's pretty cool. Is that the hardest part of where the industry is right now? Just as a promoter, like, uh, I guess, uh, distribution or money that people have, like disposable income. You know, is that something that you face? Is that part of the reason why you want to keep the cost so low for Grappler's Quest for LiveGrappling.com? Uh, you know, like, what what are the internal struggles that you, you find that have been biggest, I guess, in this day and age, especially since you've been there since the beginning for the UFC as well? I mean, you know, listen, it, it's it's just like any business, any business in the world. You know, people, it's it, there's, all, there's always challenges. You know what I mean? There's, I think everybody needs their own path and blueprint. If you try to give you, you know, a lot of people try to copy your blueprint, they never do it. They never do. You, copycats, I think, are the, you know, the, the corporate, uh, you know, when you start seeing, back in the day, I remember forget, Scott Nelson from onthemat.com, he told me, he said to me something about snowboarding. And he was just like, man, when all the big corporations got in, it ruined it, man. And I remember him telling me, I was just like, what does he mean? Like, I'm like, I'm dying for sponsors. And he didn't mean sponsors. He meant, he meant, he meant like the corporations take over the sport or how like, you know, how where you hear about like Olympics and stuff and everybody's fighting for wrestling. But then if you get into the nitty gritty of it and you go talk to everybody and they're always complaining, oh, the wrestling's terrible. They moved it to Russia this year and they made it this style. So it, it, it helped all the Russians. And then, and then they moved to Poland and they made it this style because it helped the, the, this guy. It's so, it's so political that that's where the problems start arising, you know? So I think, you know, staying, 
keeping a little bit more flexible and being able to grow with how the sport grows keeps you a little bit more organic. We're able to grow a lot faster. I'm able to make a lot of decisions. I'm able to partner with people a lot faster uh, without a huge, you know, 16-layer multi-level corporation that you you don't necessarily need when you're working with uh, with great promoters throughout the throughout America throughout the world. I could, Brian. We should just uh, we got to get you on like a storytellers in like a VH1 type studio and just uh, have you no, talk not, about not the history of grappling. For a while, I'm dead serious. Like <laughs> I'm not that uh, interesting. I've only got these great stories that I, I know. Guess. It's just like you add that to the them? thing. It's cool. Um, I do want to ask you about a specific moment in grappling history because if you you go to any grappling tournament, and I've just noticed it over the last three years, the exponential increase in competitive grapplers and availability. But we were reading about the first Grappler's Quest. It's at Montclair High School in Montclair, New Jersey, back in 1999. Can you tell us a little bit about the final moments of that day and just some of the things that you were experiencing, if you if you remember? Uh, it was about, I don't know, 12, 15 days before the show. We found it was supposed to be at Montclair University. <laughs> and uh, long story there, didn't the, the, the institution actually didn't want to have something with, this barbaric, you know, something, something called, why would somebody need to submit? That was actually what they said to me. And they, uh, Montclair University actually said, no, we won't allow the show there. So I rushed around like crazy and ended up finding Montclair High School. So that's actually initially the first two weeks before the show. Um, about a week before the show, I probably only had like, I don't know, 20 or maybe 50, 50 people, 60 people pre-registered. Um, you know, I remember my mom asking me how many she had lent me money to to buy the first trophies that I bought. So she she's all asking me how many people are coming, and you know, well, do you think do you think you're going to be able to pay for the venue and pay me back for the trophies? You know, so you know, it was, yeah. it was. But my mom was awesome. She was like one of those. She was like you know the American. It's a cool story because she wrote like one of those checks from one of the credit cards that you're not supposed to write the 30% or 25% interest rate. She wrote me a, a $1,750 check out of there. So that's actually what ended up launching me back uh, 16, 17 years ago. Was that when at the end of the ceremony you go, and in first place, my mom. Yeah, yeah getting, right. getting, getting the team sweeps trophy because fuck everyone. Uh, my mom I got extra it. trophies. Um, but yeah, and so... It was the end, you know, but she was, it was awesome. It ended up, you know, Ricardo Almeida made his, uh, his submission grappling debut in America at Grappler's Quest in a super fight. Um, Kenny Cronenberg from Tai Kai up in uh, Liverpool, New York, ended up going against this, um, he was a Olympic alternate, uh, silver, one of those Olympic alternate guys, rest, famous wrestler, Robert Pritchett. Uh, so, you know, it was cool. You know, it was a bunch of big names in the first one and, um, you know, guys that guys that ended up becoming a lot of Hensel Gracie black belts and um, Matt Sarah and Nick Sarah, all those guys were there. It was, you know, Hensel Gracie was there. It was just like a, a very star-studded, you know, power-packed event. Dan, Big Dan from the UFC, the ref, you know, obviously was there. He was a big supporter of ours. Um, yeah, so it was just, 
you know, looking back, it was, it, I ended up doing all the weigh-ins myself. It was pretty crazy. I think I printed all the brackets myself and that was pretty ridiculous. Um, yeah. And so, you know, I, I used to do a lot, a lot of things, uh, alone and running kind of hyper mode, but you grow with growing, growing things in, in business and in life. You realize that you can't do everything yourself and you have to get great people around you. So that's, uh, that's I will say about that event. It was a very special moment. Um, you know, uh, it was it was a special moment for the sport. I think it was a special moment because it was like the first no gi, the actual exclusive. There had been other tournaments that had had you know no gi as part of a bigger show or something, but it was actually the first no gi exclusive no gi tournament in America. Uh, we didn't have any actually even BJJ at the show. Uh, it was our first you know, Grapples Quest started as Noki. So it was, you know, it's cool. It's cool to see that. You know, listen, the, the IBJJF, you know, give them props. Listen, they started doing Noki tournaments in 2007, nine years after we started. That's great. You know, it's great to see that, you know, they, they finally, you know, a major organization, a worldwide uh, supposed organization that's out there recognized that the actual sport, the Noki without the uniform, was a huge competitive outlet and uh you know could be you know we believe in the sport since since then you know since, since way before i guess anybody else but uh, you know i'm proud of that and we're proud to be a grassroots and uh you know american born raised company I do like that you do keep things grassroots and you see that through a lot of your social media pushes. You guys are very interactive. I love that you guys are doing uh, Google Hangouts and that you're you're actively engaging with the community. One thing that I, I heard you say is that people can be doing a lot more fun projects within the realm of grappling and jiu-jitsu. Uh, do you care to elaborate more on that? When I say fun, you said fun projects? You said fun and... Yep, these are your words. You were like, there are more fun projects we can be doing in grappling and in jiu-jitsu. Um, I think that a lot of a lot of people that are out there, like, for example, when I was in, I, I used to run a couple martial arts schools in Hasbrook Heights and in Linhurst, New Jersey, okay? And one of the things we used to always do was called a kick-a-thon, okay? We did okay. kick-a-thon every, every single year. We, all the kids came out and they stood on one foot and they sat there and they threw sidekicks in a perfect side, you know, karate school back in the day. They sat there and they threw, threw sidekicks and the kid in her back in the day threw, threw 4,000 sidekicks, literally just sat there for like three, four, five hours. It was crazy. Okay. <laughs> and, but did it for charity, right? <clears throat> so they raised, uh, they raised a dollar per, you know, throughout their whole thing. They raised a dollar per kick. So she raised $4,000 for I think at the time it was St. Jude's Hospital. So what are some what is a fun project? This is how quick I work on my mind. It's how I think on my on my feet. I'm walking around. How what I think would love to see somebody do out there is go do a grapple a thon. You know, do a grapple thon where you, you grapple you keep consistently roll for twenty four hours. You know, people do stupid things and not stupid. People do creative things to raise money. The I never understood that whole I'm arrested come bail me out. I, I was like, what? This is so confusing. I, I got, I felt bad. I felt some of my friends were in jail sometimes, but whatever people come, they do creative things to try to, you know, get in and get people to go, Oh my God, like I better help him. He's in jail. I got him raising a thousand dollars, but it caught your mind. 
So if, if you're going to sponsor a school, like if you're an athlete, for example, let's say there were 20 guys that wanted to do this, they could consistently roll. It would be an active rolling session going on for 24 hours. The whole school participates. They all do a huge fundraiser for whatever charity they believe in. And they go raise a few thousand dollars and have, that's a fun project for me. Helping other people, uh, uh, group participation, they're doing a community. You know, they always talk some day, a big deal about Barack Obama as a president being a community organizer. You know, like, I don't know, man. Like, it, maybe that's a, that's a big thing. I don't see any community organizing projects going out there. But here's an idea. I'm not president, and I don't have to be president to give it to you. So it's a simple idea that I think people could do like the schools out there could be doing for tournament fundraisers, um, teams going out there getting local local sponsors and doing and doing things to be able to actually get to travel. So you see all these other there's tons of other sports out there that have tremendous fundraising programs. You don't have to recreate the wheel. We can look at what they've done, replicate it, and be able to actually you know, implement it into grappling so teams can easily be able to travel and fund. When I was a 16-year-old kid, the Wayne Police Athletic League, ironically, the, the PAL, I made it to some, <laughs> I don't know, some, I, I don't want to say national all-star team. I wasn't that good. I was decent, but, you know, not that, not a national all-star baseball player. But my town somehow did a fundraiser. We raised, each kid had to raise it was like three or four hundred, five hundred dollars a piece. We got flown to uh, California, and we're there for six days for a baseball tournament. Now, why can't a jiu-jitsu team do that too? You know, it wasn't school. That was an outside organization. It was a private organization. It was team-driven. It just needs community organization. So again, I go back to that fun projects. Somebody out there should help organize. From each team, somebody should be a team leader to help with fundraising, getting travel sponsored, getting. Now there's I am taking notes as you go. I'm gonna be distributing yeah. these after. Um, Raph and I have talked about that sort of how to start to turn the podcast and pivot in that direction, and those are those are actually some good ideas. We do. We Brian, you're a really interesting guy, and you have a diverse background. And we did want to pivot as we uh, as we start to run out of time with you about the other side of your business life, which is where you are a motivational speaker and a life coach. Tell us a little bit about how that transformation occurs. And maybe, um, do you find like being close to the grappling world helps with that? Is it, is it a related, if you could just maybe talk to us about that? Well, I get, um, you know, I think that the challenges that people have, and we are consistent. There's one commonality that two commonalities we probably have in our life. One is that everybody has some sort of love in their life, and everybody has suffering in their life. So um, combine those two, you have you have an opportunity to connect with people on a whole nother level. So you can, for me, you know, in in life, I think if you can look at your personal suffering and give it a new purpose kind of twist it a little bit that may potentially that your your challenges or your personal um, your personal challenges in life can end up becoming inspirational motivational and helpful to others so I think that most people on their path in life 
no matter how people you know will act like everything is perfect or everything in their life is wonderful, um, they may be happy at that moment. That's our you know our life's pursuit is it's a pursuit of happiness. It's not a destination, and that's where a lot of people fail because they they think oh when I make a hundred thousand dollars or eighty thousand dollars a year, or when I get that job, or when I win this fight, that then I'll be happy. And they they consistently keep happiness within a a, a like hands reach, but they never actually grasp it. And even once they're there, that feeling, that new feeling, quickly dissipates. Our human emotions are are very they're evolutionary. In our brain, emotions, human emotions last for seven minutes. So our, our, ba- our brains are constantly desiring multiple stimuli, levels of, of you know, desire, uh, passion, you know, um, there's various, there's obviously happiness, sadness. We constantly are seeking these various emotions. So, you know, mastering your mind is more important or as important as building your body. Okay, perfecting your life's purpose, being able to craft that like it's your Michelangelo of your lifetime and your your work of art is right in front of you. You just have to realize that you're a creationist. So a lot of times I'm helping people, helping fighters, instructors, a lot of fighters, people who are retiring, pulling away from the sport, redefining their life, redefining their purpose. I get, you know... CEOs who don't want the pressure anymore and just want to go back to, you know, writing a, a blog or something. You know, there's a lot of people that are transitioning in life. And a lot of people, it's not that a lot of people, every single person on their journey, I call it quest. It's, just, it's a good word, but it really is <laughs> not just a brand. It's, you know, there's a spirit, there is a spirit quest in every single thing we do. We are, you know, what is our, what is our, you know, some people aren't that deep. You know, maybe some people say, hey, dude, you're too deep. You talk too much about this stuff. But for me, my purpose of life is to figure out why I'm here and how many people I can help before I, before my time is done. So, you know, what is, why, why did I, that's the real reason, a short, long answer, long answer to be able to explain to <laughs> you. Man, no, I, I, I believe I in helping other people. Oh. I try to do it as best I can. I, I love it. I love the passion that you bring to it. I, I think it's a great explanation of kind of your perspective on how you're doing it. I, I think if there's one takeaway for me personally for this is, so what you're telling me is all of the suffering I endure in doing a podcast with Kevin can be a good example to someone else on how to endure something, right? How dare you? Is that what I'm pretty sure that's what I took. And <laughs> today, and listen, you know what, guys? I'll tell you this. Opie and Anthony, all these other types of these famous radio personalities. You, you know what? Do you know what the most special thing to see is? Is when people get famous, but they and they can go as big as they can, but they can still stay together. There's there's a growth that you guys might achieve. You know that you, a massive growth in users. All of a sudden, you could have a million people a week listening to your site, and all of a sudden, all this money's rolling in from advertisers, and it potentially could change your dynamic. So remember that, and remember oh, this I'm conversation. Stuck with him is, now. now I'm thinking about this. I'm going to be stuck with Kevin forever. This was a terrible choice. No, I totally get what you're <laughs> well, saying. And, and I need Brian yeah, Simmons to narrate a book. Like I need uh, <laughs> you would be really good at the um, 
Sorry, I'm fixated. I'm uh, I'm, I'm uh, lost in. You're the man, Brian. We gotta bring him on. Like yeah. I don't know, once a month, just tell old this, stories Brian, and keep the peace. You we get him in, over to in Syria. Describing that, it's such a great thing because you know you you extrapolate what is fun for me and Kevin, and I believe that in a different way we respond to your passion because the passion that you put into running a tournament, running a brand, running an entire company, and doing all this charity work. You know, it's something that we gravitate to. And, and in that Venn diagram, we have grappling that is something that we love seeing and, and watching, and uh, it, it makes it easier to connect. So, on that level, yeah, we totally understand and get it. And there is one thing I did want to ask, uh, I guess, to, to people who are just starting or emerging uh, companies, you know, what is your best advice to them? And they may be your competitors, but what are the advice to those people who are starting to run those tournaments and trying to build their brands like you did? I, I'm never, I'm always open and very, I like to show my hand because I like to tell people what I know. It forces me to consistently improve myself, improve our brand, improve our event experience, and consistently continue that evolutionary process. So for me, my best piece of, piece of advice is people right have a have an, another purpose of your business other than just to make money and try to you know if you're doing something there's a couple of big companies you know there's there's corporations jumping into grappling better copying people's business models and trying to do their own thing they're corporations they have you know salaries and people that you know I, I would say is it's it's being legitimate in what you do I think if you're consistent and legitimate in what you do and you can stick with something and actually stand the test of time. See, I realized that from the, from the dark ages, if I didn't have a job back in the day, Grapplers Crest probably wouldn't have made it in the early days. But I had a job, so I invested all you know money that I was making personally into my business to help it grow. You know, I, I don't think, I, I think a lot of people that are just looking at it as a profiteering zone if they go at it just with profits and not with the true passion and desire in their hearts, that they probably won't stand the test of time because they will give up because all they see is dollar signs thinking that people are making tons of money. And it's a very, it's a very, very, very different business. And once once people get into it, they finally recognize it, but it's not as easy as it looks. I think I, maybe I've done a mistake to the industry, to make people think that, <laughs> but it's just because I've tried to be, you know, I'm not a person that wants to sit around. I've been there in my lifetime before when I wasn't, you know, if I got mad about something, everybody knew, <laughs> you know, you can't, you can't wear your emotions on your sleeve. So I would say for people like, you know, internet battles or for, for freaking, you know, people who are very, 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 very bored. Um, <laughs> I think they're, they're, for, they're for people, you know, like, I have no problem. Like, there's nothing I've ever said, you know, publicly. I would always be able to say it right to the person. There's nothing wrong with that. There's, that's how it always, always would be. Yeah. But you also shouldn't seek out and try to harm other people. That's my other bit of advice is I've, I've played against promoters that called up schools and told them my events were canceled. Jeez. Um, I've, I've gone up against promoters Oof. that went around bad mouthing, bad mouthing me personally, doing anything. And recently, man, and recently, you know, <laughs> when, when you're new to the game, I'll put it to you, you can figure it out. You know, it's not that hard. But if you're new to the game <laughs> and you have to start off into the game by bad mouthing other people, 
oh, you're in trouble. <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> my old martial arts instructor gave me a great, a great story. Uh, Peter Ticino, uh, his first martial arts instructor, his name is Mr. V. And there was a guy who you know, came into the school and started you know, yelling at him and challenging him and telling him, you know, if you have a problem, I have my gi in the trunk, you know, and the guy looked, and Mr. V looked at him and he goes, bro, if you, if you need your, if you need your gi in the trunk, you're in deep trouble. <laughs> what the hell is this about? But man, people, like egos, egos, egos ruin the world. Egos, literally ego, ego itself, like can ruin, it can ruin a lot of good things. So what I would just say is to people is, be good at what you are at, what you are good at, or you're great at. Be great at what you're great at. Don't try to cast your shadow on others to try to make yourself look bigger. Just be good because you love what you do, and not because you just seek the almighty Canadian dollar, excuse me, American dollar. <laughs> we get to hear, that <laughs> hear it straight so, from Grappler's Quest founder Brian Simmons. Um, yeah. This is fantastic, Brian. You've got, on March 29th, you have Beast of the East at Queens College. This is the 10th anniversary. Everyone should tune in. You never know when we're going to see the next Johnny Hendricks emerge at a Grappler's okay. Quest event. Um, live grappling. Did you, like that? Did you guys see that highlight? Did you like that highlight? Oh, yeah. I did. It was very <laughs> awesome. <laughs> we're, yeah. Yeah. My, now, the, guy that did the, the guy that did the single, I'll tell you a cool story. The guy that did the single is a... He just came off of a major, um, like, hip-hop soul tour, and he's emerging and doing his own thing. I met him when I was in Peru on a, a, a pilgrimage, and ended up becoming friends with him. And now he's launching his whole, like, rap, hip-hop rap career, and he launched it actually with this song from that best of uh, Johnny Hendricks on Grappler's Question. That's awesome. His name is So, it's, uh, so Far I. So you guys check him out on Facebook. He's a, he's a really he's an emerging artist, and it's cool to see man. It's cool to see that other people are able to to make to do what they love and and be able to work with us. And, you know, it's just a nice blend. You know, man, music and the Beatles had it right. The Beatles had it right. <laughs> Absolutely, check him out at grapplersquest.com. We also know you do quite a bit for autismradio.com, so we want to encourage people to to check out some of the sites though. Uh, to be fair, I think most people will be able to navigate to Grappler's Quest pretty easily. They'll just go to their favorites bar. Most of the people that listen to this show are highly in tune to the Grappler's Quest. Brian, we appreciate you stopping by the podcast so much tonight. Um, thank you things, again. Two other things, and I want to uh, uh, two more things. Um, one is I just we're just finishing it up right now, uh, but I'm launching my my life coaching and uh, strategy blog, which is at yourstrategycoach.com. I have a forum on there where people can ask life coaching questions, business questions, personal questions, or whatever, send a private message and set something else up. But we also have a public forum there as well. And then um, I, we just launched our family meditation channel, uh, which was actually a program that my family, my, my wife and I, and started for my, my son, uh, and daughter who both had challenges with sleeping uh, and we developed an entire program at kidscanmeditate.com so it's uh, cool to check out and it's a YouTube it's right now it's a YouTube channel it's going to be launching as a full community site but right now I'll just take everybody over to the family meditation channel and you guys can check it out we're doing a lot of fun things over there 
We will definitely do that. That's awesome. Awesome, guys. Thanks a lot for your time. Brian, we uh, appreciate just everything you've done for the, the grappling world. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot, guys. I really appreciate what you're doing, too. I mean, literally, I can count probably, I probably have like nine or eight or nine interviews in my whole life. Um, and I appreciate that, you know, I, you know, just being able to give me an opportunity to be able to speak to some amazing people out there. And I appreciate what you guys are doing to help build our sport. And, we, you know, we wish you guys the best of luck in the future in, in the growth of, of your station and podcast. And we'll make sure to get it out there and let everybody know about it, too. Ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Brian Simmons. Hey, I'm a promoter. What, the, what am I going to do? I'm going to promote you. Raph Esparza. What a podcast. Yep. Carshall. Mm-hmm. Tim Kennedy. TK. Let me tell you one thing about Tim Kennedy. Okay? Go for it. I could sit and recite lines from Top Gun with him all day. Like, if I'd people watch were willing to do it. that podcast and listen and take the journey with us, we'd do it. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, I never thought it was going to go just directly there, but I'm so glad it did. Um, and I think it's I, I think it's a staple. I almost feel like we just have like a Google Hangout and just go, all right, Tim, just watch Top Gun. <laughs> you know, he was on a lot of deployments that he just had some time to watch movies before he'd, uh, you know, go do what he was doing. So he's got a lot of Top Gun time, and you can tell because he doesn't, oh, he yeah. sells it. He sells mm. it. Mm. Uh, he needs to be doing some announcing, by the way. They need to wise up and, and get him behind the mic. He would be great. Um, also, we had Brian Simmons, who's just, God, it's like a modern history museum of grappling. It's fantastic yeah. hearing his I different like stories. that he he's doing good things for the community. I like that he does want to give back not only to the community, but that he also does things outside of the community, which is it's hard to do because a lot of people get stuck inside this world. Uh, so it is nice to hear him doing stuff like that. So props to him. Yeah, he's a very community Zen flow about his about his love of grappling and community. I like that a lot. So jam packed episode, of course. Carshall, whatever the little the married couple, they were fine. Be nice to him. I'm trying. I'm so mad I lost again. <laughs> it's crushing. It's not a surprise at this point, though. Ah, it's time for shout outs. Rafa Sparza, would you like to lead us off this evening? Of course, now that I've crushed your spirits. Um, <laughs> now. Let's, Not that you've been doing it for the better part of an hour and 30 minutes. A year and a half plus. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> all of all. And the three months prior to air. <laughs> yeah. The three months prior to air is great. Because I love that somebody listening to this just goes, what was Raph doing to him before they had a podcast? <laughs> oh, God. If this is when the mics are hot. What was yep. he like? And it was worse, just so everyone knows. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, no, it was, it's the same. It's pretty pretty even kill. Uh, I'll start off my uh, shout-outs to all the people I saw at Pan Am's. I'm going to do a terrible job of remembering exactly who I saw there, but I'm going to try and shout-out some folks. Uh, let's start off with Jaime from BJJRants.com. Great site. They're doing some really good Metamorphs coverage. I highly encourage you guys to go check that out. Uh, I also want to shout-out... Mandy and Kit. Uh, Kit Dale and Mandy were the best people to watch and get my first experience at Pans with. Uh, it was just so fun 
and the thing I really like about Kit is Kit is super accessible in his sense of humor. Sometimes when you're funny, you just live in that and you don't laugh at other people's jokes. Like Kit just has a good uh, way of life. And if you guys haven't seen it yet, I would highly encourage you to go listen to or watch Keenan Cornelius doing an impression of Kit Dale. Oh, and I why did see this. Fantastic. He did compete in this year's pans. And uh, it, it's pretty good. So go do that. Uh, I want to thank all the folks from Kyle Terra, who I was sitting next to, who were talking to me. That was pretty awesome. I also want to spend, uh, send special shout-outs to Travis Nawaza, Sean Nagami. Nawaza. Uh, it's always good to see those Nagamsies. guys. I'm going to give a begrudging note to our uh, – he's not even your BJJ podcast arch nemesis. He's Check mine. about Paul from Open Mat Radio? I am. Love that podcast. I've been told he did a fantastic job on his coverage for pants, whatever Probably. that means. He's a very talented guy. Don't stop it. Don't <laughs> give him that much credit. I just love that I enjoy the podcast and it's this stunning. Oh, it's the little things, Raph. Anyway, so I guess credit to him for doing what I was told was a, a good job. I can't prove it. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Um, I also want to give a nice shout out to John Evans. Uh, John is the best person to watch a jiu-jitsu, not just match, but just uh, a, a series of jiu-jitsu events with because he'll break it down. He's happy to talk with you about it. And he makes friends everywhere. You just sit him down in front of a group of strangers and he's already uh, the most popular person within that. So uh, John's always great to go check that out. We also want to throw a special shout out and mention to the Grapplethon that's going down in Laguna Niguel this weekend. Uh, so, Kevin, I, I know we've kind of mentioned this. Do you get what this is about? I love Grapplethons. I love this idea. I just like people grappling for like an endurance race and a good cause. Is it along those lines? It is. And that's at awesome. this particular Grapplethon, it is supposed to go. They want you to do 300 rolls. For one, like there's an option to do that. Jeez, can you think about that for a second? I could, but it'll hurt. <laughs> I mean, I'm yeah, happy exactly. to do it. I'm just hold on. Let me get my whiskey ready. Now I'm set. To go. <laughs> uh, this one's taking place at Optimus Brazilian Jiu Jitsu at three one one five one Niguel Road in Laguna Niguel, California. I would highly encourage you to do it. Uh, read up on Dana Moore. It's a really fascinating story, and it's for a good cause, so I can't recommend it enough. That, again, is happening on Saturday, March 22nd at 1.30, and uh, go. It's a $10 donation, and uh, if you're watching, it's also a donation as well, but uh, you don't have to do it. But you should, because you'd be a terrible human being to go and watch free grappling without giving back for a good cause like that. So keep that in mind. I also want to shout out some folks. Uh, one of my, my buddies who I, I first started training with was uh, Tim Gaughan. He came down to VMAC this week. VMAC getting crazy VMAC. That's <laughs> the dumbest. Is that your Broadway version of it? Tell them they can use that. No, no, it's like uh, VMAC getting crazy. Everybody stand up. Everybody stand up. Everybody stand up. <laughs> it's not what it sounded like in the getting... least. <laughs> oh, it's genius. People No. People are going to hear that and say, we should really make that the theme song to the gym. And I'm going to say, People are going to yes, hear that 
and then put me in some terrible choke and hey, say this win win. That sounds amazing. Uh, so I want to send shout outs uh, to Kevin. Or I'm sorry, not Kevin. <laughs> Why would I do that? Zing. BMAC getting crazy. B-Mac. Did you pick up the sarcasm in that though? BMAC. Okay, B-Mac, good. BMAC. Uh, Tim Gone, such a good training partner. Dude is like rolling with a bulldozer. And so it's always crazy. He keeps you on a really good game. I know all the guys enjoyed rolling with him. And specifically, again, to Alejandro, dude is upping my game like nobody's business. So uh, major props to him. And I did want to end my set of shout-outs kind of on a little bit of a sadder note, but it is a good one um, just because of the person who it was. Um, I just was informed that my grade not grade school high school teacher walt martin who was our civics teacher just passed away and he was over at wilson high school in austin heights if you knew this guy you knew he was the nicest most respected teacher that you could possibly interact with he just had a way of interacting not just with the smart kids because he taught a lot of the ap classes but he really went out of his way and he made sure that he taught both uh, advanced regular classes, remedial classes, because he could connect to everybody. And he just, it's the most fascinating pathos I've ever seen in a human being. But I, I want to just tell one quick story and then we're going to throw it to Kevin. But <clears throat> Walt Martin, for whatever reason, I think one day saw me hanging out with a bunch of like really smart kids. And, you know, these kids all became doctors and they're super, super talented human beings. And he comes up to me and he just goes, I need you to do the mock trial team. And I was like, why the fuck would I do that? Why would I join this team? And he just goes, Raph, there's something about you that you're talented in this way, and I don't think you know it. And I was like, this is crazy. I would never do that. And I thought about it, and I just love that there was this one person who really saw something in me that I'd never even comprehended or understood. And, uh, you know, there was another couple teachers who were like, why are we taking Raph? And I remember him fighting. He's like, trust me, just watch him do his stuff. And uh, he always fought for me. And he was always that teacher who was so wonderful and inciting that when I finally did have him, and mind you, I didn't even have him in a class. He just knew of me and we got along. When I finally did have him in class, he made sure to always give me shit at the beginning of every class. At the beginning of every class, he would make fun of me in a different mode or form and uh, it's just the best kind of thing. And I think I've always tried to keep that same kind of uh, fun and inviting presence that I have with the people that I know and I've mentored. So he's been a huge influence. And I just want to say thank you to Walt Martin and to his family. Thank you very much. Uh, I hope you guys are, are, are in good spirits and knowing that you guys had a great, great person uh, who did a lot for the, the community in Hossein Heights. Teaching lasts a lifetime. And that is a very beautiful sentiment raft that will bring us full circle as i end my shout outs but of course our condolences my condolences to you um that's cool i love good teacher stories with uh with their grit it's just always you reminded the difference that they they make just on a daily with the little things so thanks to those teachers out there inspired and in memory uh, of course i've got my normal shout outs bjj and mma academy out there in chantilly va um, we had just so many people at our seminar this weekend, our big graduation seminar, which was great. 
Um, Kevin, Mick, and Juan all got their blue belts, very deservingly so, and that's just such a cool thing to see, people that have been uh, working really hard. There was some great stripes sent out by all, but it was dominated by something that I will end with, so I also want to shout out to No Concept Jiu-Jitsu out of Maryland. It was fun to roll with those guys and then go play some pool after and do some drinking. Always a good time. Just a reminder to check out BJJ Finder, the world's premier jiu-jitsu school locator. Please download the app. Check it out, bjjfinder.com. Download it. Find jiu-jitsu schools near you. But, Raph, it was a special weekend for us over. Um, we had two of our two of our brown belts get promoted to black belt, and I had never seen that That's before. That's awesome. It is. It's the coolest. Uh, Nick Romer and Rob Acri, and I'll say something about them individually, but – the second night I did jiu-jitsu, um, they were kind of teaching me how to get out of the guard. It was me and a lot of people that were really experienced. And for those that train know that that can be really hard to have that one new guy that doesn't know anything in that one station over there. Um, and Nick was dealing with an injury, and I remember him sitting just right there and just talking me through movements. Um, and I was rolling with Rob, who was just uh, sort of helping, and the two of them were working in conjunction to teach me the basics of how to escape the closed guard. And I'll never forget the one inspirational piece that Nick says to me. He goes, hey, just so you know, this sucks. It always sucks and it never gets easier. You are going to have to fight from that position you're in for the rest of your jiu-jitsu career. And Rob pulled up and goes, he's right. And if you're going to do it, you're going to have to go all out and it's going to be like this all the time. And I remember thinking, this is a really cool lesson, but the way they were teaching me and the way they were instructing me and the way they were helping me in tandem was just such a, it seemed like such a unique perspective from two people that were still well accomplished in the sport. Both were purple belts at the time, but um, I was still so new. So they took the time. They were so helpful and I've gotten to roll with them for the two and a half years following. And Rob has patience and pressure that I will always use whenever I'm passing someone's guard and drifting into side control. He just always has that very determined, distinct, if you give him an inch, it's going to be a very painful few minutes for you. Um, and that's such a cool thing about his game. And he's always very good about conveying that and discussing how he approaches it and how he gets there. Nick that's is awesome. an attack artist in every sense of the word. He attacks your feet. He attacks lapel chokes. He attacks everything. And he just does it from a wide variety. And the two of them are so good in contrast and such fantastic teachers that my game has completely developed because of people like them and because Nick and Rob take such a strong placement in their history of jiu-jitsu that they don't want to just be practitioners, they want to be teachers. So I was very happy to see them get promoted. Of course, they deserved it and it couldn't happen to two better people, so I was really excited. Um, and it was a great thing for... For our gym, a very historical moment for our lineage to see two more guys don the black belts. Um, and they had some cool gifts. They had like inscribed black belts for the current two um, for mm -hmm. Andrew and John. So it was just a cool day. Fantastic stuff. And I wanted to extend a final congratulations to all the guys that got promoted. Um, the ladies that were there as well and got the stripes, which is cool. We're starting to develop a really cool women's program, which I think is such an emerging part of jiu-jitsu and so cool. That's good. But the day belonged to Nick and Rob, and it was deservingly so. And if I accomplish anything in jiu-jitsu, it's because they have been there every step of the way. So I appreciate that. 
And that's going to do it for us here tonight at our just, I feel like this is our Emmy show, Raph. And I know that I've lost that metaphor and you've corrected me, but I'm sticking by it. Happy St. Patrick's Day to you. You can't get Emmy with a podcast. Yet. Yet. Yeah. But maybe people are going to hear this one and think differently. Oh, that's okay. going to do it for us here at Verbal Tab. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening. Good night and good fight. Bye.